Millsap, chairman and CEO of Atlanta-based Black Hall Studios, is one of today's top entertainment executives with a vision for Black Hall that's ambitious, energizing, and boundless. Millsap is blazing a trail through the heart of the South and setting his sights on the future of entertainment. Listen and learn as Ryan Millsap journeys through the myriad industries, people, and landscapes that traverse the complex and dynamic world of film production. Welcome to the Black Hall Podcast. I'm Ryan Millsap, the chairman and CEO of Black Hall. Today we have Jess Merriman, the founder of MomoCon, the huge anime conference that takes place here in Atlanta in the spring. Uh, we're excited to have her on. It's um, incredible the kind of growth that you have seen with uh, MomoCon. Yeah, it's been exciting. We started out with about 700 people on Georgia Tech campus 15, 16 years ago, and now we're over 40,000 unique attendants. I mean, that's amazing. Tell me a little bit about your background with anime. Sure. And, and, and where that came in your life and what that, where that passion was born. Sure. I've been a gamer my whole life, but anime was a, a later in life type thing that I got into, I guess. Late high school, early college. I got really into it in college. Found a lot of social connection there with people who were into the medium. I've always appreciated animation as a medium, uh, but anime is kind of special and unique, and I got really into it. I appreciate the art style. I appreciate the differences because it's, it's a medium more than a genre, and a lot of people think it's a genre, but it's way more complex than that. And I've met a ton of people through it that are just great people, really excited fans. Tell me more about the complexity. It's not, it's not a, a world that I know a lot about, anime. Sure. A lot of people think of anime as specifically with, they think of it as, I'm watching a horror movie, so I expect things from a horror movie. I'm watching an anime, so I expect things from an anime. Whereas it's more like anime is more analogous to movies in general. There's a lot of different genres. There's adult-oriented things. There's kid-oriented things. There's avant-garde animation. There's really cookie-cutter type stuff, and it varies a lot. A lot of that doesn't make it to the U.S. or doesn't get as much prominence in the U.S., but it's it's all there, and there's a lot of different flavors of it. Hmm. We've got Mitch Leff here as well from uh, PR Wizards here in Atlanta. Good day to you. Yeah, glad you're here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. What, what have you seen relative to the growth of anime in the U.S.? Well, I'm not as much an expert as Jess is on, uh, on anime, and actually I grew up with uh, some of the older uh, Japanese shows, but... Jess's husband, Chris, and I and, uh, have been kind of pushing me to get myself updated. So I've been on Netflix kind of catching up on some things, and it's, it's some fun stuff. I, 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 was, uh, I probably had a 30-year a gap in my, my good <laughs> anime uh, attention, but uh, I'm, I'm, I, I'm catching up. And uh, Are you doing all the PR for Momocon? So we're doing the PR for Momocon. This will be the, the third year that we've been working with them. And, and they're great. Uh, really, really looking looking forward to to another another great year. And uh, Jess will talk about some of the the cool new things that are happening this year. But uh, you know, it's great to have a fun client that has so many interesting things going on, and so many visuals, and so many different elements. Uh, it really gives us a lot of uh, different ways to tell the story with uh, television, with radio, with with newspapers, and with with online uh, media outlets. I lo- I, I mean, I, I think that. It's fascinating to me that tens of thousands of people all come to Atlanta to explore their love of this particular, not genre. The medium. Medium. What, what are some of the uh, emotional elements that you think bond people over this medium? 
Well, definitely, I think this is true of any kind of shared fandom, but more so, I think, in this space because there's not a lot of broad appeal for this fandom. So people who are into things like anime and games, more anime than games, certainly, uh, don't find a lot of people in their everyday life that are watching it. Their parents are probably not watching it. Their friends may or may not be watching it. It just depends. So finding a group of people that shares that similarity and having the social aspect of it, hmm. being able to connect with them on a, on a fundamental level about things that you enjoy is something that they don't always get. And it's really appreciated when they come out to it. Having that face-to-face -face interaction, having unique experiences together. I love kind of watching the people. And and going and I've been to Dragon Con for years and MomaCon for the last couple of years and just watching the people and I mentioned to, to Jess a couple of years ago that in about a month before MomaCon you start seeing that they have a couple of different Facebook pages but you start seeing the people who are doing the cosplay and they are so into it so excited so committed to it uh, there's some very technical conversations that go on about you know, what about this for this costume and how do I do this for this costume? I mean, you can you can probably talk more to that. Right. It's a whole different experience. If, if you're a fan of a character, if you're a fan of, let's say, Captain America, it's one thing to be a fan of Captain America. It's another thing to make an entire costume of Captain America and go through that process and put in the blood, sweat and tears in it and show that off and have people stop you and that are thrilled, absolutely thrilled to meet you. Uh, just because you are dressing as a character that you either love or you personally identify with or you really appreciate. And there's tons of that at the event. Tons mm. of it. What, MomoCon, break some of it down for me. Like, What, what are the, the events? What are the things people uh, participate in? I mean, obviously, they're not just coming to walk around and see each other, which is one of the things that's probably fun and the, the social aspect. But what are the elements that, that make up MomoCon? There's a lot of different elements. So it would I would be here all day if I described every single one of them. But we have a focus on three main branches, animation, gaming, and comics. And we have things related to those three. So we have professionals who work on animation. We have voice actors from animated properties, both English and Japanese. We have creators of video games. We have a whole indie game showcase. We have video game tournaments, a huge arcade. We have the second largest game hall of any event in the entire United States. Uh, and it's about to get bigger too, which is a scary thought because we're about to move to a bigger venue in 2020. Um, that's, that's this year. That 2020, that's that's now. I know, it's so close. How Don't much, remind me. How much, how much bigger are we going to be? Uh, we are almost doubling the size of our space. We're moving from Hall A in the Georgia World Congress Center to Hall B. So What's that change? What's the, How many square feet? The exhibit floor alone, not counting the three floors and the Omni event space, is, is going from about 350,000 to over 600,000 square feet worth of space. And we're using the four floors above it, including the huge Thomas Murphy ballroom that seats 4,500 on the top floor. Yet there's no pressure. At least that's what we always say. I was keeping it together. I guess I didn't understand that I fell for you. I lost my cool. It hit me like a sucker punch. Just one look and I'm out of touch. I'm freaking out because I'm scared. This might end up but I still come back for that sucker punch. Just one look and I'm out of touch. I 
you keep up with this project? I mean, this thing is massive. It is. How, how many people are organizing Momocon? We have a fleet of volunteers, uh, uh, over a thousand volunteers day of, and it's it's very exciting. And then we have like a leadership infrastructure, but uh, myself and the co-chair, Christopher Stuckey, are the, the main folks behind it. Is this a full-time job now? Like, So you finish one Momocon and you just roll right over and you start planning the next one we're actually already planning for several years out so <laughs> we have things in place already for 2021 and conversations uh before now well before 2020's event and we have a five-year plan and we have a growth traje- trajectory even though we've got all this new space we're already thinking about how we grow into hall c on the bottom level because they're all connected uh the georgia world congress center actually has really really good space a contiguous space in all three halls that be- can be connected on the bottom floor so so, so this passion project, when you're an undergraduate at Georgia Tech, has just rolled right over into an entire career. I wouldn't have expected it when we started, for sure. Uh, we had really good access to the Georgia Tech Student Center the first year, and we were like, huh, I bet we could do something fun. And so we did, and then it was really successful, and then it got even more successful, and then it was terrifying for a while. And it's, it's still kind of terrifying, <laughs> I'll be honest. Uh, and then we moved to the downtown space. And then, honestly, when we started moving to the downtown space is when we started thinking bigger. It's like, if this is not going to stop growing, let's plan for it. So when we moved downtown, we got the opportunity through the CVB, uh, Convention Visitors Bureau here in Atlanta, to look at the Georgia World Congress Center as an option earlier than we thought we were going to be able to uh, with their help. And it was really great. Because we could move in. We moved in in 2015. Immediately when we moved in in 2015, because we've been plagued by space issues our whole entire history, we run out of space really quickly because our growth is very, very large. So immediately when we moved in in 2015, we started the conversations about what does it mean to get bigger space and talk about Hall B. And now it's actually happening. And Where yeah. does MomoCon rank among anime conferences? Uh, well, technically, we're not generally judged alongside anime conferences in like top 10 lists and things like that because we're not purely anime we're multi-genre hmm. but if you were to rank us in the anime space we would either be number two or number three depending on who's counting and so what are there other conferences that you compare yourself to what, what's your competition uh we cross a lot of genres so there's a lot of competition in different places anime conventions are one vertical that, that we sort of compete with gaming conventions are vertical we sort of compete with comic cons are definitely a vertical that we compete with and we have friendly relationships with a lot of the local area conventions. So, What does Momo mean? Momo means peach, and we're in Georgia, the peach state. Oh, I love this. I, lo- I, love, explaining, so I love explaining that to people. <laughs> so Momo means peach in Japanese. It does, and we thought it was cute, and it, it sounds adorable. It's very so. cute. Well, and you know, one of the things we should talk about is, is the career fair, because that's so important, especially as the industry grows in Georgia, and we try to train people and educate people for careers in this industry let's talk about that a little bit yeah absolutely on thursday we started doing a career fair uh it's for game media and entertainment spaces primarily and we welcome a lot of atlanta-based companies out to it it's been very successful we have several hundred job applicants that come out each year and it's very very popular we it was a way that we wanted to try to give back to help people get into these industries that they're so invested in from mm. a fan perspective. Do you by chance know the folks at the Georgia Film Academy? Yeah, well, I, I know them. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know Jeff Stepakoff, I yeah. saw him the other day, and and he was telling me about um, they're developing a a parallel 
track to the film track for gaming. Huh. I think it'd be great for you guys to get to know each other. I think it would too. Yeah, I'll, I'll connect you guys. Thanks. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I think you'll find that uh, they have uh, wonderful ends to the education community and ways to start integrating gaming and gaming thinking and training into high schools, colleges, etc. You know, it's funny, you, you, when we talk about Georgia Tech, um, I've recently been having a lot of conversations with people about the fact that uh, I think Georgia Tech should start a film, a very serious film program and that Georgia Tech could be poised to create one of the premier film programs in the world. I think that's an interesting idea. I actually took a film class when I was at Georgia Tech, and I enjoyed I enjoyed it a lot. Was it a th- film theory class, or was it a technical film class? Like, film theory. It was film theory. Yeah. See, what, where, where I think that Georgia Tech has an amazing opportunity is to become the premier technical film school. Makes sense. Right? Where you're talking about animation, post-production, um, uh, all the special effects that get layered in and and training up the kind of minds that you know that are at Georgia Tech that would naturally relate. Well, I think I think that's a good vertical. I know Georgia Tech um, several years ago added a computational media program that kind of touches on some of that space. And I think that would be a good way for them to direct like have an option within that program. I think. I think it sounds great. So when you talk about um, MomoCon, where are people coming from? Is this a, a, the whole world is gathering in Atlanta? Not uh, not quite the whole world, but uh, I mean, a lot of people from a lot of places. Uh, a huge percentage is within a driving distance just because our event is primarily regional, but we have people from all states in the United States. And we have from about somewhere between 15 and 20 countries that come out. Largely for our uh, large-scale Smash Brothers fighting game tournament. We have people from all over the world compete in that, the top players in the world. Smash Brothers is a particular... It's a game on the mm-hmm. Nintendo Switch. Smash Brothers Ultimate is the current incarnation. And we have uh, a ma- what's considered a major in the Smash scene. So it's one of the biggest tournaments in the world. And people come from Japan or Mexico or... What kind of prize, prize money prizes? Uh, right now, it's a $10,000 prize pool uh, for the entire event. And we do the finals on our main stage, and it's broadcast on Twitch, and it's pretty cool. Tell me a little bit about the financials. How does this work? So like, what's somebody pay to come to a MomoCon? Sure. Right now, it's anywhere from $35 to, I think our price tier is at 68 right now. Uh, 68 would be the, the early bird price tier for all four days inclusive, and then single days are priced individually. They can come and participate in almost all of the events at within MomoCon for no extra charge. The only things that have extra charges are some workshops for fees for materials. Some of the fighting game tournaments have about a $10 buy-in and that goes toward the prize pool. And then some of the uh, autographs from the guests have a fee, but some of them don't. Mm, what kind of guests are going to be there? Well, right now we've announced some big guests in the gaming and animation space. Uh, We've announced people from the popular show Achievement Hunter on Rooster Teeth's network. We've announced Phil Lamar, who's a really accomplished voice actor who's in a million things. He's the voice of Samurai Jack. He's in Futurama. He's uh, Static Shock for those people that like 90s nostalgia shows. Uh, Recently, we announced the voice of Mickey Mouse and uh, Goofy (laughs) that are currently the official voices for Disney. Which is pretty cool, and we have a whole bunch. Who more is that? On the pipe. Do you know off the top of your head? Oh yeah, uh, Mickey Mouse is a guy named Brett Ewan, and Goofy is Bill Farmer. Okay. It's the 25th anniversary of a Goofy movie, so we also have the voice of Max Goof, Goofy's son, Jason Marsd- uh, Marsters, Marsden. Forgive me if I said his name wrong. 
So we'll have a, a miniature cast reunion for that. We have uh, a couple of other cast reunions coming up as well, coming down the pipe, but I can't talk about them until I get the guest signed. So. What, what parts of Momocon are the parts that you get to totally geek out on, that you're like most excited about? <laughs> My favorite part is the end when I, when I stop stressing so much. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I I'd usually take time to do something fun. The arcades, specifically the Japanese arcades, they have a lot of weird, wild games that you're just not going to get to play anywhere else. Like, tell me some of them. I, you know, oh. I've never been to a Japanese arcade. Oh, it's crazy. So you think about things like DDR, where people are like stomping with their feet on the machine, and that's pretty... St- standard and typical but they have one called dance rush where it's just a whole flat floor and you're dancing on it and it's registering where your feet are instead of specific arrows they've got uh one called scato which sounds really simple it's kind of like beer pong the arcade game where you got little ping pong balls and you have to bounce them off of different things to get them in a hole and it's surprisingly really fun um a lot of rhythm games so there's one called you beat where you've got like a cube of lit up squares and you have to pit them in a certain order and the order keeps getting faster and it's really fun and then they have uh, racing cabinets like initial d where you're car racers that are very high tech and do you think the japanese are more fun than us uh (laughs) depends their entertainment is kind of fun but i've been to japan several times and their day-to-day life is definitely very structured structured is a good way to put it so yeah. you think but you think that they find ways to let their inner child out yeah absolutely i like the classic arcade games that's that's where i that's where i love getting just hit, hit you mean like there. 1942 or yeah 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 exactly galaga galaga miss pac-man yeah. i love burger time Pin- mm. pinball, burger pinball machines i love nibbler I don't remember. Do you, do you remember I don't, the, I don't the game remember. Nibbler, no, I've never played where Nibbler. you're the snake that grows as you eat things, and you can't, you, but you have to make sure that you don't run yeah. into yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, do, yeah. I do remember that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you so you bring all these kind of old classic games yeah, and set these up, and that's part of this. It is. We work mm. with several partners. We're actually working with a whole new arcade partner this year for the rhythm games because they're so popular. The lines have gotten too long, so we're doubling the size of that section of the arcade. Rhythm games like DDR, is that what you mean? Or uh, what? Right. DDR mm-hmm. is a good example. Anything that, that's rhythm-based, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of them are Japanese. But we also have like sit-down cabinets for fighting games for things like Tekken or Street Fighter or things like that. I've definitely played Dance Dance Revolution with my daughters. They love that so much. They think it's the funniest thing ever. <laughs> the, the funniest thing watching you do it. You mean. Exactly yeah, right. They, no, they, 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 for them, it's actually like they're, they're enjoying it. They look great doing it. They think it's hilarious when I do it, though. Hey, you got to have no shame. That's the key. We actually have a whole Just Dance stage set up where we have like a stage with lighting so people can go perform. And it's like got a little mounted TV so they can see the Just Dance prompts. And we have a big competition for cash prizes. And some of those people are amazing. For, like, home dancers, you know, doing their own, like, pictogram choreography, it's it's amazing. Well, that's the whole idea of something like Momocon, right? It's, it's, it's an opportunity for people to come from all over Georgia and all over the world to express themselves in a way that they don't normally get to express themselves. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, we see, uh, we've got the, got the car side of it, too, right? Classic, oh, yeah. Like, like the uh, classic uh, kind of fantasy sci-fi cars that are there. We Tell me about that. That sounds like Batmobiles, or absolutely. Yeah, Batmobile's one of our regulars. He's a great. The guy that owns it is fantastic. Uh, we have a fan car showcase, and it's everything from what you would call skinned cars, where somebody's put like an anime character and skinned their car in it. And there's several of those, uh, all the way to like the Mystery Machine and the DeLorean and movie replica cars. And we have a, a pretty big showing. It's going to be growing in 2020 because we'll have more space and the ability to do it. Have you guys reached out to Dan Cathy? 
know he owns one of the Batmobiles from one of the movies. I did. I did not know that. It's amazing. Today. That uh, that should definitely be part of what you guys are doing uh, at Momocon. Take, take a notes here. Take a note. <laughs> Reach out. Don't kill me. Don't kill me, man. I'm not going to kill you. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. Dan Cathy Batmobile. Mm-hmm. I believe actually Truett bought it, hmm. but I might be wrong. But I, I, I think Truett was the one who bought the Batmobile. So tell me some of the things that you have uh, in the next five months, your, your countdown. What are the things that are still hang, hanging over your head to get done before Momocon begins? Oh, man, my, my to-do list is like a mile long. We, have, we, we produce a lot of printed goods. We do a lot of materials. We're trying to work with a lot of partners right now. We have all this new space, and it's, it's an interesting problem. We have so much interest from outside partners that we're trying to lock down and confirm to have more events and tournaments and big stages and things that we're almost out of space already in the new space, planning for all of 300,000 more square feet. So it's, it's an embarrassment of riches, and I'm happy to have the problem, but we have to pick and choose. Do we have more free play consoles? Do we have more stages? Do we have this event? Do we have that event? So that's a challenge. Well, and, and not even on the floor, but you've got, I mean, how many dozens and dozens of uh, presentations and panels and all those kinds of conversations and all different kinds right. of topics. We're, we're taking panel applications right now from fan panels. We also run guest panels and col- we cultivate our own panels. And it's over 800 hours worth of content, over seven, no, 19 rooms this year. 19 rooms, some of which were in 24 hours the entire event because we are a 24-hour event. And it's it's a large undertaking. So cast a vision for me. Where is Momocon in five years? Oh man, it's hard for me to think that far. <laughs> oh. I mean, I'm already planning for the space. Uh, we're looking to move from B and just continue into C and utilize the C building at the Georgia World Congress Center, at least the exhibit hall for it. We they just built a new connector that's 100,000 square feet from B to C. We'll move into that section, then we'll move into the C section. And at that point, our exhibit floor alone will be, I think, over a million square feet, like when we add into it. Let's say I can hand you a magic wand, and you can wave it, and you can get anything from Momocon that you ever dreamed of. What would totally light you up? The biggest, I guess, uh, expansion that we want to move into, that we're already kind of making steps into, is to have people that run major game tournaments use us as a venue. So it can offset some of their costs by not having to rent out a venue for this major tournament series. And then we can have the benefit of having this big prestigious major tournament series. So having, you know, any number of huge games displayed with their finals at Momocon with like a big pot and big production and big streaming and just make it a really awesome experience for all the fans. I I think Atlanta's ready for that. I think so too. You know, we've got gaming teams and, um, and, and money that's behind building out those gaming teams. And I know that, that Atlanta is considered one of the easiest places to get to on the planet for everybody who wants to fly to a, an event. So absolutely, get this together. Tell me about um, other women in this business. Sure. Uh, there In the fandom space, there are several people who have started events that are women, and I just don't think it's very visible. Uh, the founder of Megacon in Florida was a woman, and she recently sold to Reed X, I think to, no, I'm sorry, to Informa, based out of Canada. It's a large corporation. Uh, the One of the founders of Acon in Texas, which is the oldest existing anime convention in the U.S., is uh, is a woman. Her name's Mary, and she's really cool. And there's, there's a lot of people that were 
in the inception and the buildup of lo- even large local events like Dragon Con, uh, Sherry Henry, who we work with at Dragon Con, was definitely an integral part. And it not it's not always as visible, I guess, from the outside who is helping run these type of events, but it's a lot of women too. So with Dragon Con, you guys kind of barbell the best weather in Atlanta, right? They go in the fall, you go in the spring. I mean, you say that, but it was like 100 degrees outside in May last year. Yeah, well, it was 60 degrees at Christmas, so I don't even know what to do with the weather anymore. That was that was our selling point for Momocon last year that we were air conditioned. Come inside and come to Momocon. It's, it's Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, we. Who wants to be outside in the heat when you can be inside at Momocon? Right. I bought a whole pallet worth of water for people that were had to, like they didn't have to be outside. They wanted to hang out outside, but just to make sure that our attendees were good, we had little tiny water bottles <laughs> were given out to them. Please stay hydrated. What's What's fun is I was I think I was walking out one day and. Uh, at the, the Omni Hotel right next door there, and there was a guy in a suit who was obviously coming out of a some sort of business meeting, and then there was a whole group of Momocon people in costume. And I was just watching this guy kind of looking, going, uh, obviously I didn't know, there's something else going on here today that I didn't know about. And uh, and they were they were just going, they weren't, they weren't talking to each other, but it was kind of fun watching the interaction hmm. uh, of him kind of trying to figure out what what's going on here that I didn't know about? <laughs> so you you'd mentioned that there's an, an one anime con- conference that you think is bigger. Where is that one? Is oh, that in Japan? Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, anime Expo in Los Angeles. They have over a hundred thousand people. Wow. Year. Where is that? What, what time of year is that? Uh, July fourth. It's right around July fourth. Okay, so they can come out to this in May, right? Momocon Atlanta. May and then you go out to LA. Do you go to all these conferences, all of the competitive conferences? We go to several of them. Uh, we're probably doing twenty to twenty-five conferences a year of ver- but various types. So some of them are business-oriented, some of them are consumer-facing, some of them are anime, gaming, comics, whatever. So. So when you're not running one of these and you're just going as a participant, walk me through what you love to do. Do you make costumes? <laughs> I do not. It's been a long time since I've been just as a participant. We usually go to either promote at regional events or talk to companies and make meetings at bigger events. But when I was a fan, I really liked going to see the new premieres of things that were coming out. Uh, I used to play Smash Brothers at least a little bit competitively, so I used to play in tournaments some. Um, I, I always like unique programming. If somebody's got like a cool event, like a dodgeball or we work with another local event called station con that's coming up in about a month mm-hmm. and they do an eating contest and uh, I definitely help I help him see it and it's really really fun what kind of food are you doing hot dogs are you doing well marshmallows the, it's always a secret last year the secret was fruit salad but it was uncut giant pieces of fruit including a pineapple with the edges cut off and you had to eat it like a corn on the cob uh, and then you had a whole like miniature watermelon that you had to break over your knee because you didn't have any utensils and that like they, it's all kind of weird. What stuff right now are you like a f- fangirl about? Uh, well, I just started a new game. Uh, I, I really like kind of 2D uh, indie looking older style looking games that are coming out. Independent games are such a great thing right now there's so many creators there's so many opportunities for them to put things out on things like steam where they don't have to have like a big team it can be like one person in a room making a game and they put out something really great i got really into a game called stardew valley which was made by one guy and he made he sold so many copies it was like obscene and then it got picked up on major consoles and it's just an amazing game that one guy made and the the fact that we live in an era where he can just put that out there and get so much exposure without going through like this 
bureaucratic rigmarole of getting into stores or getting on discs or getting on systems is amazing. That's a perfect example of something that should be happening at Georgia Tech, right? There should be an amazing game programming program yeah. degree at Georgia Tech. Where, where, where are people getting this training? Well, actually, Georgia Tech has some tangentially related uh, majors that I know a lot of people that went to Georgia Tech and were computer science or computational media majors, and then they moved to the West Coast because that's where a lot of the jobs are in the game space. Mm. And, and Kennesaw has Kennesaw State has a computer science game design degree also. That's been kind of growing the last couple of years. I want to say SCAD has some design game yep. design they, stuff they, as they well. Do. They do. You know, I yesterday went to SCAD for the first time, and. Um, Met met the team there. Fantastic people. Place is gorgeous. Really, I was I was blown away with how what what high quality uh, facilities they had. Yeah, I I don't know that I've I've been to the Atlanta campus, but I'm actually from Savannah originally, so I'm very familiar with SCAD oh, proper. I don't know, like SCAD Home Prime, whatever you call it. Right. So now, where do you see the intersection of entertainment and gaming? What's your take on how this is all coming together? Well, the gaming market is a really big market that I think more traditional entertainment mediums didn't know what to do with for a long time and didn't understand pieces of it. But now I know a lot of, especially in the esports space, it's merging into the esports space doesn't needs to and is in the process of learning about production and casters and professionals on camera and play-by-plays that... For example, sports media has had, what, 50 years worth of experience doing. Mm-hmm. And they're working with the like former people from different places in sports media to help up the level of that. Whereas I know that some sports places are looking for more to reach a younger audience that maybe isn't into the same type of things that an older audience is in the sports space and are looking into esports stuff getting broadcast on national television and different tournaments and things like that. So you've now built this incredible uh, annual event, MomoCon. If you could go back and talk to your 18-year-old self, what things would you tell your 18-year-old self today? I would tell myself to start this event sooner than I did. <laughs> I started this event when I was 20, actually. Oh, so early. So maybe if I could have gotten two more years there, I could have gone a little oh. further. Well, but what, what other things that you, looking back, you say, God, I wish I would have known this faster. Well, I, I don't think I really appreciated, I think I appreciated a little bit, but the value of having the right people in the right places and how much it matters to know somebody's strengths and weaknesses and work with them and make them feel appreciated absolutely, like on a base level when working with them on a project like this and understanding that everybody has a value both you know, in, intrinsically and to the organization and they need to feel appreciated and appreciate that a lot. Be a good piece of advice. What um, what did you study at Georgia Tech? My major at Georgia Tech was management, and then I got my master's from Georgia State in computer information systems. Mm. So, does that put? Can you design video games? No, yeah. absolutely not. Okay, what is computer information <laughs> system? Uh, it's it's designing more generic systems for like uh, planning out from requirements to making it look the right way for people that are actually coding to make the system. So mm. translating requirements into a roadmap for coding. Okay, one of the things I, I always love to ask people when I don't know them very well is, tell me a little bit about your philosophy of life. My philosophy of life? Uh, 
experience everything that you possibly can mm. is my philosophy of life. I love to travel. I love to meet people. I've never met someone that I didn't find interesting in some way. I want to talk to and learn from as many people on the face of this earth as possible. Mm, that's beautiful and humble. It's amazing when you uh, open yourself like that and you start to be really curious about other people. Well, I've really enjoyed learning about Momocon. Um, I actually, before this conversation, knew nothing about an event that has almost 50,000 people, of which it sounds like the majority are Georgians, coming to an event uh, every, every spring. Um, thanks for taking the time, and I really appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having us. Yeah, glad you guys could join us. Thanks for listening to the Black Hall Studios podcast with Ryan Millsap. We want to hear from you. Find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify. And follow us on Instagram at at Black Hall Studios and at Ryan.Millsap. <laughs>